Welcome to Redressing Histories, a podcast. This series seeks to foreground the work of African diaspora researchers whose work and histories are currently underrepresented and often overlooked within publications, academia, museums and the media. This podcast has been sponsored by the University of Brighton Centre for Design History and the University's Equality and Inclusion Fund. My name is Ellie Michaela Young and today I will be bringing together all the guests I have interviewed over the past few weeks to discuss their experiences as African diaspora researchers in higher education. Today's panel includes Miriam Hines-Smith, Cadian Gosler, Talika Kirkland and Lorna Hamilton-Brown. Thank you everybody for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our discussions. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with asking you each individually questions that we touched on in our individual podcast recordings. And then we can jump in with each other and add and engage. And and somehow this is all going to work out perfectly fine. So I'm going to start with Cadian. Do you want to tell us about you and then you can everybody else will get to know you as well? Well, I'm, I'm here in London doing my um, PhD research. I'm from New York City, but I was born in Jamaica. Um, and my research hey, focuses... Yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, my research focuses on wearable technology in the bra. Um, I come at it from a professional perspective as I left industry to come and do this. Oh, well, not left. Paused my work in industry to come here and do this study to officially hopefully go back and bring some of this knowledge there or start my own thing. I don't know right now. Um, and so that's pretty much my research. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of things, but mainly the black women's experience with clothing, with the bra. I'm interested in the bra history. Um, and during lockdown, I've started really getting interested in how we uh, dress ourselves at home and in the social space. And all of that, how all of that comes to play in how we're informed of how we should look, who we should be, um, and how that changes as we age. So that's that's my area. Um, Miriam, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Miriam Hines-Smith. I am the current dean of the School of Visual Arts. My area of um, interest is really looking at um, indigenuity it's a new word I'm coining, um, indigenous clothing and textiles and um, sustainability in relation to current um, climes and, and uh, what we reference as national identities. So um, that, that's my ball of soup, really. And of course, yes, I'm Jamaican in Jamaica, <laughs> for Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know how I managed it, but I think everybody here has got some kind of connection to Jamaica, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Every, every one of them, Miriam. I'm going to have a moment. <laughs> no, seriously. Yo, as, sorry. I'm going to go off too familiar now. Sorry with the yo. I'm just saying that, um, Ellie, I don't know how you pull this together, but from my studies, when you're out there, you generally feel like you're the only little blimp on mm-hmm. some little thing and it's wonderful I feel goosebumps just knowing that we are all connected to this little rock here and you're making I've been reading all of your business you're making some fantastic strides that our students here no 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 Ellie knows my passion about 
informing us about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when when I go into the classroom, because my 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 stomping ground, I am looking for people who are doing things that students can see themselves yeah. in. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're looking at everything that everybody else has written about them, but not that we've written about ourselves. Sorry, Ellie, I'm not taking over your thing. No, that's Jesus, all right. That's why, that's why I tell you, you need to bring this thing in and out. So you're all on my list of, trust me, you're going to be hearing from me like you go wish this never happened. But um, kudos to you. And when I see all of what you're doing, wow, amazing, amazing stuff. Lorna, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Lorna Hamilton-Brown. I'm an artist and um, my research, so I studied, that. I did my master's at the Royal College of Art and my dissertation was on the myth that black people don't knit because an academic said to me, oh, I didn't know black people knit. And I was like, what do you mean? So I thought I want to interrogate that and do that research. So my whole dissertation, as, as I was saying, my seminal dissertation, because these things are not documented, was on that and I did want to go on and do a PhD um, but I came up against a lot of resistance even though I got a distinction for my dissertation I came up a lot of resistance that you know oh we, do, we can't do the black thing yeah 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 <laughs> bond the royal college bond it yeah, that's it that's it so from doing that research I'm now an independent researcher so I'm continuing that research because it's so important there's so little documented about mm. that so I've sort of honed it into knitting from the African diaspora so it's like black mm-hmm. okay yeah. cool we're gonna get on to what you and Miriam I want to yeah I want to I want to say something to her too about that just to ask um it's a phenomenal culture here in Jamaica if you ever drive on a bus going from one point to the other you see a lady with a thing mm. doing it we call it crochet are you yeah. looking at any aspects of that included in terms of the made fiber fabric from that singular thread, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I don't know if you've yeah, I've, ex- I've extended it out to include crochet mm-hmm. so that it can also mm-hmm. incorporate how crochet is used in hair and to mm-hmm. do extensions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, to make mm-hmm. it broader, so Talika, sorry to leave you last, but go ahead. Okay, so I am a lecturer in cultural historical studies at London College Fashion. I am a I am the creative director and founder of the Costume Institute of the African Diaspora. I am also a PhD candidate at Goldsmiths University looking into how black women in from 1949 to 1972 um, used clothing to try and mitigate against the negative perceptions of their blackness and I am using London in England, Kingston in Jamaica and Zuma in the Bahamas as my sites of research and because of this foolishness that we're living in mm-hmm. um, I've managed to get over to the Caribbean yet but oh. um, soon come. That is, yeah, that is a PhD. Yeah that is a PhD. Trust me yeah man she, she triangulating the thing yeah, that's a PhD. Mm-hmm. My God. So, so <laughs> I will be reading that. Marvelous I will read that one. I'll be reading yeah, join that. the join the Q love. I'm, I'm read, I want to read it as well. <laughs> Talika, are you um connected with Carol Tullock? Yes, I love Carol. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, listen, Carol, 
Carol, Carol's face probably longer than mine right now. She's got so much to do. Mm, mm. But God bless that woman. I love her to bits and pieces, man. So, so before we start getting all excited, right, and having conversations <laughs> so far off in the distance, because I know we're going to do that. <laughs> one of the things I wanted out, because one of the things in our podcast, we talk, we talk about the difficulties of um, finding material in archives for our research. But one of the themes that has come across across in the podcast that the recordings I've done so far as well is the fact that your research isn't initially valued. What you're doing isn't valued by institutions. And you've just said it, Lorna, that you're going to do a PhD, but suddenly it's like, no, we don't want that. I, I, I can you just, well, whoever wants to take the question, do you want to explain? Because I think we can, because I don't know if it's going to be the same for Miriam, because Miriam obviously is in a black country. So that research is going to be perceived or seen as differently. So maybe we can look at, talk about your experiences and see if there's similarities or differences to what Miriam has experienced. So um, Lorna, do you want do you want to start by telling us what your experience is to feel that rejection and being told that your research isn't valid? So when I was doing my my master's, so I um, spoke to Carol Tullock, I spoke mm-hmm. to Rose Sinclair, mm-hmm. and they gave me some guidance. But the people within the Royal College, you know, um, who were supervising my dissertation, they had no knowledge of the subject. And so the things that they were get, giving me to look at, I was saying that's not really relevant. And I don't want to just look at white references. Things need to be looked at from the black gaze. And we have to interrogate what's been written. And so it's quite, you know, you just feel like on your own, you know. So um, I remember speaking to Sandy Black at the London School of Fashion and I sort of was interrogating her book. And I was saying that I had an issue with her book being the the latest book on the history of knitting but it didn't cover it there was a there was one black guy in there and I said when we are when we are in there we're betrayed as beginners you know our competency isn't there our agency isn't valued you know and also when I started to interrogate interrogate some of the canons on the history of knitting it was more or less like well who do you think you are to be like interrogating or bringing this to it you know there was a real you know so that and people thinking well are you saying that it's racism what are you saying and I said I'm just interrogating and I'm saying for example so one of the seminal texts is a book by Richard Rutch Rutt, who wrote the history of knitting uh-huh. and also uh, Mary Thomas and in her book she has a picture of a black child taming a, sn- a snake while knitting and I was saying, well, why, why is that in the book? You know, why are these images in there? And all the images, there's a few images of black people in there. There's no reference. They're just in for decoration, you know, and, and, and these kind of things. And why is it that when we read books on the history of knitting, it says um, knitting, we think the earliest examples are in Egypt or North Africa. One sentence. In Europe. Uh. You know, and so the things that I was coming against was that as there was so little research, people was going, well, maybe, maybe they didn't, you know, how can you prove it? And a lot of it is oral as well. So I just found one of my main problems was the people that were supervising me had no knowledge and were trying to make me look at things that weren't relevant Mm. to my research. And I was saying, I definitely want to look at 
um, some black writers and also my lack of knowledge of like, where do I go and look for these yes. references? Yeah. And I didn't, and then I, then feeling embarrassed, like I should know, but I don't know. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. some of the things. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to um, PhD and I mm-hmm. went to see the head of research, she was saying, well, we could support you on the textile side, but we can't support you on the black side, which is a load of rubbish. Mm-hmm. And also being very resistant to me getting a super supervisor outside of the RCA. Or, mm-hmm. but, but then later on, I found that there were people in the RCA that yeah. could support it. But just there's so few of us and they're trying to withhold the knowledge from us and just make it like, well, why do you want to do that? You know? mm, yeah. So mm. that's what I kept coming up against. Talika, I know you had similar experiences, didn't you, with your when you first started trying to find where to situate yourself when doing your PhD? Well, yes. I'm just I'm just shaking my head, Luna, at that um RCA story because it's RCA, isn't it? You just expect foolishness from these people. Um but also LCF. I mean, this is this is my bugbear at the moment. As you will recall me saying when I was talking about my PhD, I'm doing my PhD at Goldsmiths. Yes, I am teaching at the Fashion College. Mm-hmm. How is that I am doing a PhD, I am researching a PhD into the fashion engagement Mm -hmm. of older black women, black women in general, and I am not doing it at the fashion college. It is because when I went to speak to somebody, first I spoke to um, Sean Cole, who was my tutor on my master's, and he's, you know what, God love him, he's he's really supportive, just the excellent guy and he was like I don't know who you're gonna try and find but (laughs) (laughs) because all through my masters I was like black 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 (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me about no crinoline or corset black 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 from start to finish and he was like cool I hear you fine but then he when I came to talk about PhDs he was like I don't know who you're gonna find and so I spoke to various people they said, oh, my God, black things. I don't know about black things. And they just freaked out. They actually freaked out. It took me a year to find a supervisor because everyone wow. who, who was doing a PhD said, find the supervisor first. If you don't find the supervisor, then there is no point because you're just going to have bare worries with the PhD. So, okay. mm-hmm. I they should have told me that first. Girl, listen (laughs) I went I've been up and down this country Trying to find a supervisor That's how deep it was Mm. I went to Shirley and Tate in Leeds I went to somebody in Manchester I went to somebody in Birmingham I was all over London In the end, I think I spoke to About seven different people About being my supervisor And they all Mm. said I don't know anything about blackness I don't know anything about close engagement with black people, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And how I eventually found somebody, Angela, Angela McRobbie, God love that crazy um, Scottish woman. She, she was like, this is not on. How is it that we're going to lose such great research because nobody's willing to step in and do the PhD? And she was like semi-retired at the time. So she was like, right, I'm coming out of semi-retirement. To oh, come bless her. Supervisor. And I will find oh. you a first supervisor. And oh, the, wow. now my first supervisor was on maternity leave. She's the one fashion lecturer in the whole of Goldsmiths. 
and a, another white woman from um, New Orleans. But you know what? Can't fault her, man. She's, mm. she, she don't know. She, again, she said, I, if I'm being honest, I know nothing about um, black cultural engagement with clothing, but I can help you get a PhD. She's like, yeah. I, I can help you get this PhD and I will help you get it. So with her and with Angela, and then Angela got made, Angela got COVID and then she got made emeritus. And so Angela put, um, Angela suggested Clearborn in, in her place, who is, um, cause I really wanted, I wanted to have a black woman on my team. Uh-huh. To, to, you know, God love Angela and Jenny, but there was a perspective that I wasn't being able mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. Clearborn yeah. is a Jamaican yeah. woman. And um, she looks at uh, she looks at cultural exchanges and and finance and all of these different types of things. She basically said her profile is nothing compared to what she actually does. And mm. she's point. She's it's only I've only had like one supervision with her, but already within the three years that I've been at Goldsmiths, I had one supervision with her, and it was like she just she just watered all of my <laughs> plants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, don't get me wrong, my supervision team has been brilliant, but she's Something's missing, yeah. difference. It's so made a difference. Uh, okay. uh, who got it? Like I could say, I could just make a reference. I made a, my dad's raster and he's in um, Constant Spring. Yeah. And, and I was saying, oh, you know, my, my dad got COVID. He was very ill. And just, and all I said was, my dad's raster. He's got COVID, blah, blah, blah. Clear immediately. Oh, yes, because Rasta believe this and they don't believe, they're not even really believing the virus is real and da, da, da. And all, and brah, 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 brah. Like. <laughs> she got it. She got it. She mm. got it straight away. And I didn't mm-hmm. have to explain how Rasta feel about mm-hmm. the herbs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mm-hmm. have to explain none of that. She mm-hmm. got it straight away. And so I was like, I felt so vindicated for all of the fear that, being rejected by various academics around the country, uh, uh, you know, uh, because uh, I was I was literally going to I was trying to work out because Shirley Ann Tate in Leeds was like, I'll be your supervisor, just come to Leeds. And I'm like, but I live in London and I work out. Uh, so how uh, am I realistically gonna get to Leeds? So uh, I'm like, okay, so now I'm gonna have to go to Leeds at least twice a month. So I'm now trying to work out how I'm gonna get a, a, a card to travel. Uh-huh. Through up the country uh-huh. just supervision all that uh-huh. kind of madness all that kind of madness to try and get a supervisor but uh, so it's what Miriam sorry sorry to jump in but it's what yeah. Miriam said before when she's trying to show her students about representation about mm. these alternatives there mm-hmm. as it stands now most of us don't even have that representation yeah mm-hmm. we just have to figure it out as we go along and maybe get our mm-hmm. sustenance and our support from us, not our yeah. supervisors, but from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I've got to say, sorry, just to cut yeah. you a bit, but I said this to Elliot a little, about a week ago, I was in a conference in LA. Um, it was the black, hold on, let me just get the, the black bodies in dress and culture conference happening in, in LA and you know I felt yeah. kind of way because every person on the panel was a black woman I think every person on the on, on both panels uh-huh. was a, and and it felt they felt so rich and so engaged in what they were talking about and they had yeah. knowledge and they had support and they had scholars and I know we live in these small islands these small silos but I'm like mm-hmm. this is not it <laughs> mm, and mm, you know what this mm. this group here 
seeing this panel here of, of us talking like this has really made me, I can't tell you how much I feel vindicated. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ellie, for putting this together because honestly, you're right. Like this, it's, it's sometimes so hard to find the support. Mm. You feel like you're on your own. Mm. And it's really important to have this discussion with each other and know that we are out here. Lorna, go on, yeah. go ahead. What I, what I wanted to ask was, um, is your PhD funded? Because the issue that I yeah. had when I was at RCA was I wanted to have a funded PhD and they're trying to like, yeah, you're not going to have a funded, but you can get a place, we can make something work where you pay. And I was like, no. Yeah. And so I didn't know the system of how to go through the different channels for funded. And then um, I would say, she the the research I was saying she goes she goes I don't really think you understand what's involved with the PhD I goes well I don't really know because it's never been spoken about and I'm trying to find out what is involved in it and so mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what are the different p- pathways and she goes I'm not here to tell you that and I was like so that's exactly what she's there for wow. that's exactly yeah. what she's so there I, for so I, I went away and I thought let me look through all the emails because we never got emails about PhDs she uh-huh. to me um, and so when I looked, I thought, oh, there's a session the next day that tells you how to do the application form and all this. I'm going to go. When I when when I went in, who was running that session? Not the same woman. Not the same woman. Oh and that's me, I said. That's right wow. there, me, right. I said. See what I, I'm I, saying? I, I, sat, I sat down there, right? And I was so vexed. I couldn't even mm. speak. You and see? then she was talking about, <laughs> if you don't do this and you don't do the other, your application is and so this is the information that I needed you know what I mean but she couldn't then, even tell you that in the meeting she didn't tell no, you she was having no, that meeting the no, next day no, did she so, no mm. she didn't so you I should have emailed her and said hey <laughs> I it was nice co- seeing you yeah I did I, I did make her. A, I did make a complaint and the other thing that got me was she said you know don't make your title too long blah 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 all these, and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like I'm vexed I can't even talk and then somebody said oh but the example that you're showing is a really long title so she goes well I wouldn't I wouldn't use that, but being one of the panel, and I was just thinking, you know what? I apply in here, mm. and then when you and then when you find out, certain people on the course, they just got their funded place, right? Mm. Mm. I don't even know how they knew about it because we weren't at all on the course. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I, think- I did get funding. I got funding because Angela McRobbie is like a dog with a bone. And I love that woman. Mm. It's like, she won't, she is so, and I think because she was so close to Stuart Hall, she's just like, no, mm. I'm mm. about no mm. inequality. I'm not hearing about yeah. mm-hmm. I want Everyone should get. And so mm. having her on my team, she was like, there's mm. money going, there's this money, there's Chase funding, there's this, there's that, there's mm. this. And so she wouldn't. She didn't stop until I got that funding. And when mm. funding, then she got sick because it's like she she let herself relax. I mean. mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Go on, Katie, and I know I know you've been he warming up, warming up to say. Oh something. no, no, no! <laughs> I'm sitting here just like shocked at all of this, especially what Lauren is saying because exactly. she's not the first. She's actually not the first I've heard this from. I've heard this from other Black PhD students that said they had no idea how to do this, and I'm thinking to myself. So no one told you, you know, no. no one said nothing. You just, you, you just did not know. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I mean, I'm coming all the way from the States. I only came here for this PhD, but I showed up with the, <laughs> with the sentence that you are going to accept me. I will be coming here and you'll figure something out for me. And there was no questions or anything, mm-hmm. you know, there was no, oh, we couldn't do this. I mean, even, 
coming and they were saying, oh, do you know how to do a PhD? And I'm just like, well, isn't the point of a PhD to learn? So how will I come here knowing this? If I knew it, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm. And they were just like, maybe you should take. And I said, no, I don't have no money for that. And I think just <laughs> being very direct uh, took mm-hmm. them aback and they were just like, oh, uh, okay, well, she's not going to, you know, but I feel really one. bad. Yeah, because I really feel bad knowing that a mm-hmm. lot of people aren't doing a PhD. A lot of mm-hmm. black people are not doing a PhD because no one's telling them how to go about doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the circumstances are slightly different for you, Dalcadia, because you from you are black in America and they got a whole tradition history of education and all that stuff over there whereas Listen. we're still continuing to fight and find spaces in which people will accept what we're saying and what we're doing it was a shock for me even saying i want to study black women and they're saying oh well why black women and i'm looking at them look at me looking at them look at me <laughs> and ask me as they're looking at me why black women <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, I know you see what I look like. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm dark skinned. I have locks like you see I'm a black woman. Why would you ask me why I would want to study other black women, especially mm. older black women? That's where I will be eventually, God willing. You know what I'm saying? So why would I not want to study my future? <laughs> and then having to fight to say, no, I don't want to study all them other women. Because that was the next mm. thing of, well, why study black women? Why not study all women? Don't you feel like, you know, oh you're creating this, this, this. <laughs> different women by focusing yeah oh no that's what i was told well if you're not going to study white women why not look at all you know multiracial women and i'm thinking to myself because i don't want to study them somebody else would do that you know i didn't come mm-hmm. for that i came for that's black been women done. Yeah, but yeah. even so i don't want to do it and i'm I know. i'm not going to do it i want to study specifically yeah. just black women and that even with ethics was a big deal because they had me well explain to us why black women i had to explain and i'm oh, thinking Jesus. i've read all of this research where white women are researching white women. And I'm thinking, were they asked to explain why they were studying white women? You don't know they were asked. <laughs> like, you, you see what we have to put up with, Miriam? Even though... Listen even to me now. Why do you think I don't jump in the soup? Well, yeah, it's I, been a different, I, different... Because the thing is, what it seems to do is to set you up in such a way that you almost become so antagonistic or you appear they pull you out to appear that way and they say oh yeah see that's what I'm talking about them black people there that's how they behave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the thing about it is um and this is the same thing uh, when you're talking I'm hearing conversations of reparation because there is how knowledge is funneled and where they think knowledge should be invested mm-hmm. yeah so it is still subtly there being micromanaged under the the radar because I'm here. I mean, I was just helping a friend yesterday find a PhD supervisor. He's in St. Augustine doing visual arts festivals. And um, uh, uh, there was another tangent to it. Oh, gender. And so it's trying to find uh, uh, someone who's balancing and understanding gender, gender um, directionalities now. And, uh, you know, but... You have, like you said, like you said, um, Talika, your 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 Robbie lady, you know, you find that you will have a few of those about the place. Um, I have a Verly Poupe, who she's Belgian, but she made Jamaica her home and she's heavily invested in interrogating black culture. And, and and she's written so many beautiful books about our art, our da-da-da. But then I'm still looking at it and the optics kind of wrong, and I'm like, we should be doing that, though. Mm. 
And that's the problem. As much as you know, so... And that's the problem. You you work with those who will work with you to get you where you want to get to. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But if you look at who they'll fund to study Black culture... It is not black people. But they ask you in the ethics form, it's almost like, can you be objective? And it's like, why do I need to be objective? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm a part of the culture. There are things and nuances that I may know that you don't have in your archives. So I have to go out there and explain these things. But if you don't want to hear it from me, (laughs) you're okay to take it from someone else who's not Mm. black because they're objective. But are they even actually catching all those nuances Mm. or do you just want them to tell you whatever picture of black culture it is? And that's okay because, you know, they're considered a researcher and they're removed. Mm -hmm. But there are also things in their archives about our culture that they have documented that's in instance incorrect Mm -hmm. and not referenced in the way that it should be as it relates to the practice culture so um yeah we have so a lot I, of rewriting to do i was yeah, gonna I say i was sorry lorna jumping no, in i was gonna say then that's the thing if there's all these problems what, what will be the solution and then miriam just said we've got a lot of rewriting to do that's yeah. that's all that i wanted to highlight but go on lorna mm-hmm. yeah so in the sense of the rewriting so um i presented a, a paper at a knitting conference oh, when she, she was doing the keynote and I'm just sitting there and then she goes oh I'm going to have to rewrite what I've written in the light of what Lorna's written I'm like looking at her because this is you know the person and I was just thinking oh okay but then what happened after that she was saying to me oh let's do some joint papers and stuff and I was just thinking like it's almost like you want to rewrite it but you want to still hold the canon of it Mm -hmm. you know and it's that and then I think once you're not in um working in a university anymore it's Mm -hmm. like you've lost that kind of link you can still Mm -hmm. be the independent researcher so I found that was very interesting like yeah I'm gonna have to rewrite everything and recently she sent me an article and she goes could you just have a look at this because she's rewriting the foreword in these books and I was looking at wait wait a minute were you getting paid for this no are you getting covered as editor? You know what I mean? So I just looked at it. And <laughs> no I recognition. Said, so, I, so I just said, I can't really comment. Do you know what I mean? Never so it's all these stops. subtle ways. Never stops. That, 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 right. that to me so, is completely and utterly ridiculous because oh, they're asking you, yeah. she's asking you to do free work. Labor, yeah. And then not even wanting to even suggest that you're going to be recognised yeah there needs to be some professional courtesy there I mean Mm. seriously so it's it's like with the rewriting do we get the opportunity to do rewriting or who's holding on to that power you know yeah but then again sorry go on Talika go on I'm chatting too much go on I was just going to say what um, on the back of what um, Miriam was saying about professional courtesy the problem is is that they're not seeing us as professional as in the first place so Lorna's out (laughs) doing the work Lorna's doing the research, Lorna's writing the, the papers, and they're not seeing her as a professional. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the woman's coming and saying, well, you know what? Because you don't have the gravitas, let me just take your team. Yeah, yeah. Put my name on it. Oh, Jesus. You know, it will... And I'm just... Yeah. No, never mind... Never... I mean, not being credited, not being paid is bad enough, but the absolute sheer audacity to believe yeah. the, the right to take... You work and then say, let's do a joint paper. You know what that shorthand for? Let me just put <laughs> things. Mm, just mm, <laughs> mm. 
course, because she's not seen wow. as a professional, because she's not seeing you as as a, a valid researcher in the field, then she thinks that you don't understand that. She yeah. thinks that you don't understand exactly what the shorthand is here. Just honestly, it's incredible. It's actually incredible. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, when you have these key people that have the key texts, even though it can be wrong, um, people just go to them because they think, uh-huh. well, that's that person. Yeah. And I yeah. remember mm-hmm. when I was giving my talk, uh, another lady knows she goes oh no disrespect but I'm going to go and see Sandy Black and I was thinking go and see Sandy Black but she's saying the same old thing that she was saying from time and you know when mm. they say well it will give you exposure no I don't need that kind of exposure no, no that's mm. what you say to BFA students <laughs> and even then exactly. and even then and even then come on I don't know, Ellie. I don't know if your people want me over there, you know. Um, uh, (laughs) No, Mary, I'm fine. We need you. And I tell you, I tell you, when, when, and I don't want to go off tangent, but when Lorna was talking about um, RSA and yourself, Mm. Mm. I remember when I applied to do my MA, I had applied to six universities in in England, including both Royal Mm. and... um, and I got a response from John Miles, who was the head of department at the time at Royal. And he said I was on the following year's waiting list. And I said, what? I can't bother that. <laughs> um, and I'd gotten accepted by the other five. Um, and so I chose Winchester. I had a friend do a site visit. I said, look, this is the kind of space I want to be in. Um, I want to be like an observer. I didn't want to go to Birmingham because... It's very much acculturated as being a Caribbean space. Mm. I wanted to see, be like that fly on the wall to see how Mm. they work in their own, you know, area. And I was the only black person at WSA doing the masters at the time. And um, John Miles came in to do one of my studio reviews. And then the name somehow made some sense to him. He said, you'd applied to Royal. I said, yeah. He said, but we had you on your waiting list. I said, I couldn't wait. I, I had no reason to wait. I was fully funded and um, I'd gotten a, a Shevening scholarship, um, fully funded. And um, yeah, so, I mean, what I find though, and it ties into a bit of what um, Katie was saying and yourself, Lorna, uh, and pretty much you've all been echoing it, including Talika, wherein, look, they will accommodate you as much as it's making their profile look better. And that was something I learned because what I was doing when you spoke about technology, Kadian, I was looking at, and this was like first gen um, intro to, I wanted to find a sustainable way of creating fashion pieces, designs, print the designs, get the cut done, et cetera, in one go as it relates to how the effluence of, you know, the traditional printing industry creates um, hazards in the natural environment. And I'd put my, I had a crazy lady, Jane Wild Goose, you know, seriously, she, she was the designer for Hellraiser. And when she came to the studio, she dressed the part, just hair up to hair, corset on the outside, high Love boots it. and skirt out to hair. And you like, you just had to Love it. Attention. And she said to me, you know what you need to do? Put your work out there, say what it is and um, see who bites. And I was able to go to Holland to work with a company called Stork. And they were testing 
um, inkjet printing on new lyocell fabric for the first time at the IPMA in um, Milan there. And so my work was a part of the test thing happening. But what, to go back to Winchester, when I came back to Jamaica, they sent me the following year's prospectus with my work and my picture on the front. Nobody asked me. But I also got a letter that outlined that they were now getting investors for new digital printing machines mm. and all mm. the new fandangle something and whatnot, whatnot. So as far as they can read what it is that you want to do and how they'll benefit is as linear yeah. and mm. as myopic as most of the visions are. And it's really, if you can work around it, and be, you know, um, tolerant of some of it, even though you know it, you know what's mm -hmm. happening. You can make leaps over that, but it, it's really difficult when it comes to the cultural component that they don't have any grasp of nor mm -hmm. interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the fact is that those things are things that need to be transferable information back to our um, our spaces. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you guys were here, my God, Edna Manley College would be the next. I mean, we're the one and only, but Jesus, I think we'll get even more influx of people from other spaces because you guys have the knowledge. You have the tenacity. You're very much firebrand. My God, when I listen to Talika, I won't run. I don't cross her at all. But it's yeah. that passion. It's that passion mm -hmm. that is missing from Black education spaces right now where there's this level of apathy. This, this, this is like, yeah, whatever, um, that we need to get infused somehow. So don't mind if when I get back, I'm on leave right now. So I am trying to wrap my head around all my only personal thing, but how can Black knowledge about Black culture, Black identity be brought back into a space that infuses students to get in their own research about themselves? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Because we're in a space right now where technology is the driving force. And it's not just with animation, it's with everything. Yeah. Mm. How can you then work clothing that can help me with my Vercos veins, mm -hmm. you know, um, deal with my hot flash and my temperature that cool me down when I feel in these summers mm -hmm. just blazing when it shouldn't. You know what I mean? So it's, it is it is a lead on to when you started talking i was like going she could do that she could do that and she could she could take it into this direction you know mm. and it's so much we've been wanting ellie and i spoke about five years ago ellie about a, a fashion um representation in jamaica of black mm -hmm. fashion over the we spoke about that like uh, it's more than five years yeah, yeah i think you were yeah. just starting the phd and those are the things that we need to have knitting crocheting we need crocheting. to value those skill sets they're so in it. Mm. And you, you see them ladies doing it. Like, yep. Oh my gosh. Yes. When Lorna was talking, I, I literally flashed back to my mother trying to teach me. Because she, when I tell you she'd work all day, work all day, hours and hours working, come home. And her thing was to sit in the bed with a roll next to her, <laughs> a tea on the table, and she's crocheting and not so paying attention. The to hand just flashing right like yeah. that. Yeah. Mine like, too. Just you know, going at it, going at it. Yeah, just and going at it, going at it. Exactly. And then when you take the indigenous material that they use to create the forms now so you're getting three-dimensional and sculptural mm. and it's a cassava starch you know and they mm. wring it out and then they 
bend it this kind yes. of way. And, and it's, it's like so sculptural, but it's beautiful. If you look at the work of Ebony G. Patterson, she did a magnificent installation. She's in the U.S. She's Jamaican and family mm. bred. Got one massive scholarship and monies to do all sorts of things using crochet and knitting in her installation. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and that is that is deep root cultural references. You're talking about the contemporary component of the hair, etc. Wherein, if you look at certain groups in Africa, that was already being practiced. Um, but the, the the synthetic component now, the merchandised mm. component now, that is mm. that is now within the pop culture. You know, you have the the, the mirrored um, gaze of it. So it, it's a lot, and I, I want to see these things out there. So you know? so what would be things out there? What do we need to do? So Lorna, she's right. out there with her exhibition. So so where yeah okay so Talika this is, is the thing. Got Kayad. Go on. Go on, Moon. No, Give us an idea. No, I was just kind of networking. It, it really is networking. When I was in England, um, I was asked to join a designer's guild. You pay some money and whatever, whatever. I kept it up for a couple of years in butter. Send work and get sold, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the, the to move forward, we have to pull all of this information in a kind of a, a, I don't know, association. We're very, Jamaicans and people, I don't know, we have a thing about not wanting to join associations and groups and that kind of thing. We don't do that so well. I'll be very honest. It's not a thing. We don't do that so well. But the thing is, it's something that has to be done because if we look at how um, for posterity and how um, other groups have been able to maintain and sustain, we start a thing called Chase and it gives money for this and gives money for that. But then it needs to also have a component where um, right now, Dr. Verly Pope, she is Belgian, but she is the chair of what is going to be a new entity called the Caribbean Culture Fund, right? And it is looking at ways in which we can, and these, these, everything you're all talking about are things I know she would buy into in a heartbeat. So she would have us present, um, like I'm going with her, God's willing, to Haiti um, January. So part of my work is looking at the same and the interrelationship of what happened between the French who came to Jamaica if you look at Belisario's representation of the French set girls, you will see that there would have been an intermingling, a commingling of Haitian French women, Jamaican maroon, and what would have happened there. Um, so I'm playing on that, culling what I can to create works of art that can look at that kind of bonding, which is now something we need to do in academia, which we don't. We don't, mm. we don't, and we're very much fighting our own little battles in our various spaces. But we need like, like, like um, I'm a part of um, ACASA, which is African Cultural Association. Yeah, and every year they have a seminar. Um, every other year they do a conference. So it's those kind of uh, bodies that we need to, to, to get into what Miss Lucy and, you know, reverse the thing, you know, yeah. 
we uh, our information has been called we need to use the resources yeah. they have and mm. build our own but i do think we've already sort of got that framework in space with talika mm-hmm. so we could right so look at me look at me hijacking your organization she's already got this this um she got carried in space so why do, could we not leverage the experience, exactly. knowledge, mm-hmm. reputation of Kayad to then build mm-hmm. some kind of there network. There you go. And so then you have the, the Caribbean arm and blah, blah, blah. And mm. then the, the African diaspora. Because like, yeah. I don't know if you guys know, any of you have convos with um, Stevie Buckridge? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I can't, I can't right. stop rinse that man book. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I, I make, just did I'm a presentation. Stevie, he's now in Africa. Has he gone yet? He's going to be doing a major triangulation between, because he came on the conference to hear what we had to say. I was so Mm -hmm. happy because I was looking at the, also looking at how we as Jamaicans, we've taken on this thing about the Madras being representation of, you know, Jamaican identity. And I'm like, no, that was Tiffin Goods by the French, by the English, brought to the Caribbean which was never a part of our decision. Um, that was my thing. I, I just did it in October. I did the conference, by the way, Ellie, and that was a presentation. So um, he is now looking at the other part of what I'm interested in, the thing called the lace bark Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. in the tree. So yeah. he's going to Africa where it is in, I forgot which part now, because there's two parts there that they really have it going as, as, as mm. proper, proper fashion fabric. And he's going to be coming, I think he might be stopping here, but he's doing three countries to pull it together. In the Caribbean, it's Haiti, Cuba, and Jamaica that has the the, the plant that produces this thing. Mm. Here, it's very, very sacred to the Maroons. And I don't even know if they'll tell anybody where we can or you know identify. But the fact is that um, that's a long-term thing. But the fact is that, that those kind of conversations are... The, the, the things when you talk about what identifies you and if it is there then for me in a national sense that is what we should be looking at because that was what the women in the times would use as their own um, form of clothing to the point where it was even taken one sample was taken and given to some earl of somebody in England as a gift so right. if they see the value in it and we have not been able to maintain that kind of uh, sustain that kind of cultural um, retention and practice right now it is being revived on the continent as the new sustainable <clears throat> fashion fabric mm, mm. we need to be in those conversations yeah too. Yeah. Mm, yeah? Mm, yeah because they were using that as their most elegant couture mm-hmm. material mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they were taken from their spaces and um you know disenfranchised of these things but I still believe that we can pull it forward and make it even more relevant now, particularly in this conversation of sustainability fashion mm-hmm. yes. and, and where we're going with it. And yeah. looking at it from the marginalized space, because oftentimes exactly. sustainability is top down from the Western mm-hmm. countries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. You know, we need to stop doing, I, I read someone who said, 
black people were the original <laughs> sustainability kings and queens. You know, your mothers would tell you, turn off the light, you're wasting up the light bill. Or I know you're not <laughs> throwing that bag out. We're going to reuse that bag for something else. So she needs to carry the bag mother. in. And, you know, or a, a tub of something, you know, fill up and they're done with it. You think you throw it out. And they say, uh-uh, they need to go put this in this tub of thing or this in that tub of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, that's how I grew up. But I would never in a million years mm-hmm. call that sustainability. I would, you know, my, my mother called it cockroach. She said, you're just mm-hmm. holding, up, holding up stuff, holding up stuff. So it's just amazing even looking at it now and reading all these things about sustainability. And I'm thinking, but we've already been done that. Like, that's literally how we grew up. This is what I wrote. This is what I wrote my um, master's thesis about. Yeah. About sustainability, specifically in the Caribbean. But I was looking, um, again, I rinsed Steve and his... uh, and his book. What's the, ti- yeah. what's the title of his book? Yeah. It's okay. um, so there's, there's one called the language, the language of dress and resistance is about yes. dress. 1780 to night. Right. He, and he did one with Vereen Shepherd. I think that's the one. All right. Um, he's done a book on Lace Bark as well. I've read I've read that's the one it, on yeah. Lace Bark. Lace Bark was one. before that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I was talking about I was talking about um straw practice because I think I was I was focusing on straw practice in the Bahamas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talking about how that has been utilized as um sustainable fabric. They've got a whole thing in the Bahamas where they're trying to do, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to make it like because it was part of their domestic industry and it yeah. education of all of their people in parliament and retete. And so it's again, but that was the premise I started on. Like these Western people talking about sustainability need to get to the back of the, of the line because mm-hmm. the places like the Caribbean and Africa have been doing sustainability. Uh, stock, you know, time. we never called it that. It was uh, just yeah, right. how we Daily live living. a way of, yeah. Right. You see, and, my um, late, my latest thing, I was, I keep going on a rant about it because there was this, that thing about climate change on BBC One with, what is his name, David Attenborough and Prince William at the head of saying, mm-hmm. this is what we should do and blah, blah, blah. And all their, their rhetoric was about, we destroyed our country so you don't destroy yours. And all they seem to care about is the land and the animals, but not about the people. And when oh, I'm like, wait a minute, these indigenous people in North America have been fighting against pipelines for years. For that, listen, for years. Long and you, you, you never, I've not seen you once speak up about nope. any of that. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I think I think Cadian's right in that we have to start thinking about sustainability from the bottom up instead of the mm-hmm. top down, which is mm-hmm. what we always seem to get now. That's mm-hmm. run over. Mm-hmm. I think another thing as well, like you say, what needs to change. Um, I'm a patron of the knitting and crochet guild. So a lot of these guilds and stuff, you know, they're so like oh, set back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sometimes we need to get involved with them. And I, what I've been saying mm-hmm. to them is, they have a collection and in a sense we need to decolonize the collection but also we need to have examples you know like when our parents were crocheting knitting and we just stashed them with they need to be in their own collection so when people are going to these collections and looking at they're seeing examples because there's no examples in the collection of Mm -hmm. anything from the caribbean because we maybe maybe we haven't valued it to be put in the collection it just what i mean so it's that and then also with the craft council because I've called them out so many times, you know, because you're getting funding and you're not representing us. So you might as well give Mm. us the money. But what they've done now is they've got a steering committee called the Global Majority Branch. So the idea is that 
this branch will look at and represent. So the show that that's going to start this week, We Gather, is the first in that where we're going to say, like, we'll look at, we will say, black and brown people and the work that they produce and that the Craft Council needs to put them in their programme. They need to look at all the areas of what they're doing. So it's these, you know, structural things and measurable things. So these are things that we can do, but it, it's tiring though, isn't it? It's only good getting involved in those types of things if you've got people who are willing to actually do the work and make the change. If they are being honest about, yeah, we really want to make these changes, then I'm all for jumping on board, working with these these people. But most of it, as we all know and have experienced, is performative. Well, they've made lots of changes. Like when I went there last week, like every time I've gone there, I've never seen a black face. There was eight and I was just like, wow. And they they oh you know but they I suppose they don't know what they want to do what the, I think for me the director the, she needs to go she's been there twenty years you know what I mean mm. you need to go just gone so so let me ask you a question Lorna do you want me to leave that bit in the podcast yeah <laughs> okay. yeah because I don't they know I don't rap with them and the, the thing that I find though is that people say to me. You're not going to get on because you're so outspoken. So yeah. people don't want to say anything. And I, and I don't blame them. People put in those positions where like, are you going to speak up? You know, you're the only person mm-hmm. in the department, but I don't really care. I'm, I suppose I'm older as well, so I don't really care. That's the I mean? legal. That's the legal right there. I've got, yeah, like I, I have. I have it, like my mm-hmm. mum would say, it's not no, friend, it's no, it's no friend business. And I didn't come to ramp, so I'm just mm-hmm. like, do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's good that they're having the show We Gather, but as I say to them, right, we need to remember that you didn't commission this show. So you're taking all the glory. It's your um, showpiece, but you didn't commission it, Mm. you know? And so, like, one of the artists going, oh, thank you so much. I'm so great. No, I said, you shouldn't be putting that because they didn't commission it. And when people read it, they're thinking, like, Craft Council's done the most and they've done nothing. Mm. Mm. What's the details of the show? Yeah, so We Gather, it's... It starts on the 17th of November and it goes on to the 5th of February. Okay. And it's got, it's five women makers and it's in response to Karen Patel's research into attacking the inequalities and racism in craft. And that's what, and so when they did the um, private view thing, Mm -hmm. they sent out the invite and then it was, we gather is a, what is it? A celebration of, I was like, no, celebration of culture, what? No, 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 no. I guys, no, you have to rewrite this and put that it, it's come out of the research of Karen for once, you know, cite black women and, and give her a name. And also that's about tackling, tackling inequalities and racism in craft, mm. right? And none. Of, the thing is, none of the other artists, they go, I don't really see a problem with it. I go, I don't care if you don't see a problem with it. I see a very big problem with it. And I need to change the wording as well. Watch me, I ain't even coming. Yeah, but that that's quite interesting. It it might not necessarily be that they've got a problem, not a problem with it. They just don't want to rock the boat, and they might yeah. not be that's see it. any future opportunities. Or and this is their chance. Yeah, so you, that, you so, just try to rock the boat, Lorna, and get and blow no, up their futures. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that we we fight amongst ourselves, don't we? We stand mm-hmm. together and we yeah. had unity. But then you look around, and then you're the only one that's saying anything. Do you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. you're like this angry black woman, but that's mm-hmm. the way it's got to be. But I think for the younger mm-hmm. ones, they just feel... And I think 
a lot of these um, organisations, they're very clever because, you know, with the younger, more vulnerable artists, they give them opportunities that aren't really opportunities. And then mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, I need to just not rock the boat. Yeah. Nobody can disregard anybody's experience because these are our experiences. This is all that we've experienced. We're not making it up. This is what I wanted to say about that. This is how they managed to maintain the marginalised outlook is because of this saturated, sorry, bleached view of things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Is then passed on to younger people. I'm still dealing Mm -hmm. with young people and students who Mm -hmm. not understanding the landscape, not understanding Mm -hmm. what they're working into, not really getting it because they are seeing a limited opportunity, believe Mm -hmm. that. Um, that limited opportunity is all that they have available. Mm-hmm. Feel that they then need to acquiesce to whatever ridiculous yeah. demands, mm-hmm. whatever um, manipulation, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. um, walk into the field completely blind and not not really understanding how they are yeah. going to be treated or, or yeah. the, mm-hmm. the power they have actually in their own right. In their own well, that self. is it because right, right. because in this particular zeitgeist in this day and age that we're living in, we need to understand that just our existence is our power right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. let let somebody tell me something. Let somebody tell me something. See if I don't bring up every foolishness that's happened last year and the year before, and say exactly. You want you want a repeat of this? All we're asking for is X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. that, and how hard is it? For you to just give a little bit. A little bit is all we're asking for. Just shubs over and make us sit at the table as well. That's all we're asking. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and really, they know it's not. They know it's not very much, but they are so used to being the centre of everything yes. that yeah. to be decentralised is unfeeling mm-hmm. and insecure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guilds, all these craft councils, all of these places... You know, they 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 don't want to be unsettled uh, uh, in the association of dress historians. And it was the same mm-hmm. for us. It was lots of old white biddies, you know, and, and I was in there, the only raisin in the box, looking like, well that was, that was me too. <laughs> you know, what, what are we gonna do here? And they weren't they weren't willing to change, they weren't mm-hmm. willing to try because they like mm-hmm. talking about 17th century criminal. Oh my god. You know, they love all of that. That's what they want to talk about. Okay, make them them carry on. The chair, the position of the chair of the Association Address Historians is up this year. No. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. What what, Jenny Jenny Daly? Yeah. Listen, we're we're recording. Let me just just close my mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, yeah. that I think they're looking for a chair, a deputy chair, and a yeah. couple of other positions. Yeah. All of that really? Yes, that yes, is yes, very yes. interesting. Open. All of All it right, is open. I see applicants sitting right here. Okay. That was the dress conference we were on earlier, than, was it September? End of September? Early I October? I don't know. They had a, at your... Oh, the, oh! I think we did something with the Association of Dress Historians. Yeah, there, there was same that one. Yeah, they were talking about the uh, uh, horse racing attire and yeah. what that was All like, and <laughs> they love it. They love it. Of, of, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was yeah, interesting because I wanted the, to get a sense of what is it that they're interested in. What are the kind of research direction yeah. that 
Okay. Well, yeah, but your, question, your question about Brighton, right? So this thing, this podcast thing has been paid for by the Centre for Design History at the University of Brighton. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's a perfect place and you're not going to experience any of those mm-hmm. types of barriers that you lot talk about. But then at the same time, I do know the person who is leading the centre is trying to be different and is trying to make a change and she does see mm-hmm. a problem. So I think if you, because at the minute they're looking for um, research fellows. I mean, there's no money in it. Just don't mm-hmm. look for money. But at least you can use the library and you can do all that sort of stuff. And, she, and so mm-hmm. she sent me an email saying, do you know anybody that would want to apply mm-hmm. for this? So I think she actively is trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that but means that it's like you have to that. actually be there. Yeah. Yeah. My mum was very bright, were very good because I contacted them and they were really, really helpful. Because you know, when they had the star thing that you were on, they were really, really helpful. But it was always it always came down to a thing of, you know, the time was so tight, mm. you mm. know, but they were they were really helpful. Would you so, do that, Lorna? Would you go for a research fellowship? So so I think even if you, I don't think you have to be in the UK for that one, Lorna. Mm. Although you could use their facilities if you were in the UK, but it would give you access to their library and their... All Just the having the facilities of the yeah, library. And, yeah, and their it's, online it's technologies thing. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because so and many then, things are, are behind the paywall, isn't it? You go yeah. and they are oh, quite yeah. even access that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but that's the, what I'm thinking, because Lorna, you were just saying before that it's it the not being linked to an institution is some, mm-hmm. so, can sometimes cause a hindrance. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is a big hindrance. If you, yeah. if you could if you could at least get your foot in the door yeah. chip or something then that mm. new leeway then to mm. you know make a bit more headway do you know what i mean yeah yeah because mm-hmm. you do you know you do need that in reality I'll, you do i send you the information but yeah. i would also say that because this is why i'm trying to get um, miriam to do a phd at brighton mm. the the thing is although they don't have people that look like me as supervisors in in design history and that side of type of thing they also recognize that they don't know so they give you yeah. the space to figure that stuff out that's yourself all you want. That's all you and, want, isn't it? and they're not saying do away, this yeah. do mm. that do the other mm-hmm. they give you the space to do that and that's what i've found from my experience anyway but I do think if to look at me, look at me bigging up the Center for Design History. I, I don't mean to do it that way, but I do think if you want to do a PhD or you want to do the visiting research fellow thing, do Brighton. Why not? Mm. Yeah, it's near to me, isn't it? It's only up the road, isn't it? Mm. There you go. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. But you know, you get you get so burnt out and so cynical, and then you just think, oh, yeah, but I can't even bother. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah don't, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's perfect. Yeah, no, yeah. I've been in worse places. Always perfect. Mm. I've been only, in worse places. The only other thing in terms of the PhD, I've heard so many people say like they started their PhD and then their supervisors made more tailored it more for what they wanted maybe the people weren't strong enough to keep no, it to yeah. what they wanted yeah that's you the thing you just got to keep yeah. resisting mm. you, you don't have to let them know you're not here that's, for that that's <laughs> why that's why let, you know. let them know no 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 this is that's why you gotta find a good supervisor yeah because mm. from you if you're gonna find somebody who's gonna be telling you that you're doing this that that Nah, that's not going to work for him. Like, Katie's mm. here for that. This is your research. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What you need We're to know... This doing is someone else's research. This yeah. is something that Jenny said to me, my um, DOA. Um, and Angela said it as well. 
These people are working for you, you know. You're paying these people. These people are your team, you know. You're in charge mm. of the team. Not mm. the team is in charge of mm. you, not Nagasa. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. in charge of the team. And that's how you need to, that's how you need to let these people know. Mm. Mm. So this is my work. You know what I mean? Yeah, nah. <laughs> that's the, you might get supervisors who are just hands off because they don't care. And even then, if, if you're like me, you're like, all right, good. Just don't bother me. Let me do what I have to do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, just, you yeah. know, I, I think they think sometimes, oh, they're mm. going to be hands off because they don't mm. care. And that's going to like break your work down. But it's like, mm. look, I'm here to do something. <laughs> and this thing is not, it's going to get done. If you want to be on, like she said, you want to be on the team, Talika, you can mm. tell them you want to be on the team. You can be on the team. Right. But if you don't want to be that's on the right. team, trust me, I'm not begging for you to be on the team. Exactly. Mm. Just know mm. I will be noted when you didn't do what you were supposed to do because all of that comes down to your supervision. Oh, she didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't do this. That's all right. I put it all in your little supervision because mm. it's all between you. You know, I'm paying you to do something. But if you don't want to mm-hmm. do it, my work still needs to get done. It's my work. It's my scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, I and it's weird when you see <laughs> when you talk to your your fellow colleagues, your PhD students, and they're like, "Oh, my supervisor did this," and, and you're sitting there like, "What? They do this?" <laughs> like, you know, you think it's yourself. Wait, they do that? Like, yeah. what? supervisors do that? They read that on and did all of that, and you sitting there like, "Geez." I must be missing out. But then you realize I'd rather you step off and let me yeah, figure it out yeah, than you be uh, a part of it and drag my work down because you don't want yeah. me to succeed or you don't think it's uh, worth anything. Uh, but that goes back to what, what, what Lorna was saying when, um, when you're not informed. It's really partly to let you not know just how much of that rests with you uh, to move them along. Yeah. Yeah. And their institutions as well, mm. because um, institutions are built on the kind of research that comes out of them. And if it mm. is that they have a set formula or a set mode or a set kind of research and you're going to rock the boat, mm-hmm. you making people uncomfortable is a part of life. Mm. And if it means that you're going to make them uncomfortable and it's you just have to hear me talking. Right. Um, I believe what I do that in other smaller circumstances, be quite firm and confident. And some people might call you a bully. Mm. They yeah. call that and I'm, I'm digesting it. Um, but if you are assertive, that's the word I use. <laughs> yes. And affirmed in what you're doing. And you're constant, you're, you're maintaining your momentum. It's not like you're just there, you know, slacking off if you're on scholarship. Mm. Then there should be some respect given to the fact that this is information that you're putting together because it matters. Mm. Research, mm. us rewriting history or writing our own history must be put on a platform that says it matters. It counts for so much of the dissonance or the lack of an um, idea identity that our 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 students you know face because they're not able to 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 hear these voices out there that are making you know enough yeah. noise across mm. the spaces that this is happening this research is going on that is and so one of the beautiful things that I really love about Edomani College is that even with the COVID and even the, there were instances where we probably felt, why are we having a conference in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. where we're really struggling to get the students engaged? It really is important to also encourage the students to partner and engage in these conferences as well, these presentations, because they then, you also, you, valid, you validate what they have gone through for their four years of studies mm. in the undergrad 
And that was one of the most beautiful things I found about the college is the inclusivity of the students in research, getting them to see that what they're doing is not just a graduate project to leave. This is research that you're doing to exit, to start something, start a fire going out, you know. And so when you're having all of these things, network them, send them to me, send them. We will share them. I really am interested in 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 seeing um, Talika's space. Um, I don't know if you have it up virtually or how mm. is it going? How is it, you know? But um, those are the kind of and so those become the references now. All of what is happening, you, um, um, Lorna. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't heard where you the exhibition whether there's a, a, a stream content, a virtual content or something. I'll send you a but link. To get it I'll out send, yeah. there, there mm. is a link, right. So, mm. you know, the more that everything is visible, mm. visibility right now yeah. is what? Because mm. the attention span of everybody is going like this. We're having mm. this Zoom meeting tomorrow on another, Wednesday mm. on another. Blah. So the more we can see and, and, and hear of what is happening within our various spaces about um, fashion, culture, the cultural context of, 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 of each of the, the bodies of work that we're engaging, yeah. it becomes it, it becomes a lot more vibrant out there. So it's going to eventually balance things mm. out, you know? Uh, and um, Yeah, we need each other. Right we now, each other is, yeah, we do. Right now is, is a good time. Right and that's why that's why Kayad should be the the yes, I'm saying. foundation. <laughs> let, me just, let me let me just me giving you extra work. Any <laughs> like I ain't got nothing else to do. Please, <laughs> um, let me just speak to Kayad because basically, so what's happened over the pandemic is that we lost. Well, bef- just before the pandemic, we we lost our financial director he passed away unfortunately mm. oh sorry then over mm. the over the course of the pandemic two people one person moved her and her whole family to the other side of the world and then another person dropped out so we mm. another person's mom died so it was it, it got left a lot yeah again, right so okay. so it's basically everything stopped like every, everything has paused with Kayad at the moment we were supposed to be doing our we had our first conference in 2018. This is our yeah. conference. We were supposed to have the second one last year. Um, then we were going to try and have it this year. Now we're going to try and have it next year. God willing that we can actually get it up and running. Because the other thing is, I don't want to do a virtual conference, even though I'm thinking like, maybe I'm going to have to bite the bullet and do some kind of symposium online. But mm, I really mm. to because... The first one was so epic. Mm, was, mm. Listen to me. When I tell you there was, it was. Every, every, was it Ellie? It was, it was fire. Was it not fire? It was, it was, it was. The, there was the people there from Miriam from America. Everywhere. Um, there were Africa. Mm. There oh, was wow. loads of people talking about all these different er- research areas all to do with the African diaspora. And it's like, wow. Is that one, the one, Laduma? Is that the one, is that the yes. one, yeah. Oh, I came yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh, did you? That. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yes. You, so, this... so it is recorded, um, Miriam, and I will send okay, um, the link to it. The the basically the the essence of it brought into LCF an energy that hadn't existed at LCF, mm. Mm. an energy talking about 
African diaspora clothing that hadn't existed mm-hmm. K before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna big up myself. How you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do because, it. Do it. Yeah. Because, and big yourself up now. Go yes. ahead. <laughs> we are gonna take the spawns in this, this podcast. If you can do it. Go ahead now. Yeah. yeah. Because because you know what? God bless Carol. She did a um, diaspora conference in 2006, right? But the and I don't think she intended for it to continue. I think she kind of just did the one mm. and done and, you know, it was great, but it wasn't, it didn't have the energy behind it that it needed. I've still got people now going, when's the next, when's the next, when's the mm. next? Mm. And so I've spoken to the university. The university knows now that it is on its ass without us, which is which is great. It's just a great position to be in. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to say ass. I forgot it was. It's all right, it's fine. That's not a swear word. <laughs> um I, it doesn't, it didn't understand before, before the um, issues of the last couple of years, that it needed something like Kayad to provide the resources and information that it wasn't being, it wasn't yeah. doing for itself, right? This is the space where black researchers can meet PhDs, can meet. Yeah, it was good. It was advisors, really good. Yeah. Can meet, do you know what I mean? And so this is why I want to bring people back together at the moment um, right. from the US aren't allowed into the UK I think Cadian are they still is there still an embargo I don't know I'm, I'm here with you girl but I think there's still an embargo on people from the US and we've got six delegates waiting yeah. to the US right I think, so I, I, I think what we right I'm saying we because I don't mind helping you with this I think what we need to do with Kayad is Putting a structure in place where, like the Association of Dress Historians, you've got trustees that yeah, yeah. do their remit because you doing all of this by yourself yeah, just much. makes yeah. just makes it's, no it's a sense. Lot. And and it has it has been it has been too much, which is why everything had to stop because I couldn't feasibly do that. Yeah. PA, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And even that, I'm yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah. so. Um, but you know what? It's it's not going anywhere as long as I have breath mm-hmm. in my body, then it exists. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. Everyone come pull together. Let's let's, yeah, let's do it and make it work. I'm, I'm happy yeah, yeah. for everyone to step in and like see see how we can build it up to what it should be, because that was the whole point of it. The yeah, whole okay. was to be able to build the structure and the platform. Even our logo, talk, our logo is dots with line yeah. connecting the dots because it was supposed yeah. to be people across the diaspora that connected yeah, yeah, yeah. so maybe maybe that's what, what we need to think about next stage mm, exactly. is getting trustees exactly. in place writing yeah. writing mm-hmm. job roles for them and we don't even mm-hmm. need to start mm-hmm. from scratch because there's other people that have done this mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. so we can just mm-hmm. get job roles in there because I do think it's going to be it is too much for you oh, yeah. it, is, it is too much but that's exactly what I wanted I wanted it to be something that you know, not even it didn't even really need me. It doesn't need yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could if it could be sustainable on its own, then people can dip in and out mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. they need to. Do you know what I mean? And and I I love that. That I'm listen, let me know when you're ready, innit? Thank you for taking part in this panel recording, ladies. I really appreciate your contributions and your willingness to speak openly about your experiences. This is the final recording in this series, and I would like to thank everyone who took part, my colleagues in the series, but particularly Veronica Isaac, who led the project, secured additional funding for editing and supported us throughout. I would also like to thank the Centre for Design History for its funding and Brighton's Equality and Inclusion Fund.
The purpose of this series was to foreground the work of African diaspora researchers who are often overlooked within publications, academia, museums and the media. We wanted to know if fashion and dress histories were truly global, what would they look like? In part, I think I already knew the answer to this question, but through my conversations with Lorna, Miriam, Kadian and Italika, they highlighted the barriers that continue to impact African diaspora researchers who decide to pursue research within higher education. A global perspective of fashion and dress history is not only about the stories being told, but it's about who's telling those stories. So thank you all for listening, and I hope to share more stories in the future.